I am Zarina Dimitrova, a strategic partner and mentor to businesses in the process of transformation. Join me on Grow and Learn as we explore a range of topics from personal development and career advancement to relationship building and financial management. With practical advice, inspiring stories and expert interviews, we'll give you the tools you need to thrive in every aspect of your life. Join us as we share insights and strategies that can help you achieve your personal and professional growth objectives. Today we're going to be speaking about cultural transformation and how this affects your business model. Does this impact your bottom line, top line? What are the changes within teams that we can expect from a cultural transformation? My guest today is the founder and uh, CEO of Executive Leadership Consulting, Sonia Shelton. Hi, Sonia. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm excited for our conversation today. Oh, so am I. <laughs> Sonia, what a trip. You've been the head of internal communications for Disney. Then you started your consulting business. What led you to, to leave D Disney? Yeah, so I was at the Walt Disney Company at an interesting time as the head of internal communications globally. I experienced something that nobody, nobody in that position had ever experienced and nobody in that position will ever experience again. Wow. And that was, I was there when we had a member of the Disney family, Roy Disney, leading a shareholder revolt against our CEO at the time, Michael Eisner. And it was, you know, Disney's known for having the best of the best culture, right? And, and to be in a company, to see the best of the best culture, and then also be there at a time when it was the worst of the worst, basically going through a divorce, right? <laughs> right. And, um, and of course, my job was, you know, help the employees stay focused, help remind them that this is a great place to work, right? And, but at the same time, it was very political. And I noticed the impact on myself as a leader of a team, mm -hmm. as well as what was happening in the culture. And, and, so it created a lot of empathy for me that sometimes leaders are are in an environment that they may know better, but because of the environment that they're in, they might not behaving the, being the best leaders, right? And um, and so I, you know, I had that experience and and realized that leaders need help with that alignment. They 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 want culture can have a big impact for the amazing growth of a company or for its death, right? It can, it can really be make or break the company, make or break your your customer consumer experience. It can make or break your bottom line, your top line, all of those things. Um, and, and because of my experience there and what I went through, I decided that I could actually have more of an impact in companies from the outside to be able to say what needs to be said, to be able to address the real issues. And my first client was Disney. So um, so that's why I started executive leadership consulting was to be able to do that for more companies. Okay, that's good. That's quite interesting. Uh, how was it different when you addressed the same issues from the outside, when you were no longer under the same hat? Yeah, I think, you know, when you work as an employee, you're part of the political system, right? So you're thinking about how is what I'm going to say going to impact my career, uh -huh. <laughs> right? Whereas I think companies expect for external consultants to tell them the truth, to to say the hard things. That's that's why, you know, in, uh, companies would bring consultants in to, to be able to say what's the outside perspective. And then also, you know, we can also now say, what are those 
things that we're seeing across the across the industries, across companies that we're seeing as trends, right? And so I notice it with my clients, it sometimes makes them feel a little bit better to know that they're not alone, you know, that, that some of the the issues that they're experiencing, we see it all the time. You're not can, the only can you one. Share? Can right? you share some of the issues that that you're that you've observed as trends? Yeah, right now I think I'm seeing um, you know, big trend in burnout, right? I mm-hmm. I think that um there's an increasing amount of burnout across companies, across industries. I think it comes out of I think start starting, you know, people can blame it on the pandemic and the shutdown, but I think I was starting to see that trend before that, yeah. and it's only gotten gotten more. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's a lot related to when we individually are under stress, all of our energy goes to our limbs, our arms and legs, so that we can run, so that we can fight. Right? That's that's physiologically that's what happens. Mm-hmm. The same thing happens in an organization, right? So when you have a bunch of people that are under stress with all of their energy going to their limbs, there's a lot of activity and a lot a lot of things going on, but not a lot of progress, right? Because they're not thinking. They're not pausing to think strategically. What do we need to focus on? How do we need to prioritize? And I see this time and time again in organizations where they're they're really busy, they're overwhelmed, but they're they're not prioritizing and focusing on the right things. Mm-hmm. Does this have to do with uh, top-down culture as trickling down from management? Or this, does this have to do with the overall trend of burnout in society? What do you think? I think it's both. But I, I what I'm seeing is it really coming down, coming from two things. One is not enough focus on purpose. So one of the things that did that, you know, through the pandemic, a lot of people woke up to wanting to have more meaning in life, wanting to have more of a purpose. And when they don't have that, they know they don't have it now, whereas before they maybe thought it was not possible or they weren't really focused on it. Now they feel they feel that gap. Mm-hmm. So that's one one aspect. And then there's uncertainty, right? We 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 used to do, you know, five year strategic plans with companies. And now, you know, it's like we, we we do strategic areas of focus, but we can't plan five years from now. We don't know what it's going to look like. And there's so there's a lot of uncertainty and that also can contribute to burnout. And then the third thing is the speed of change, right? We have really fast paced technology changes. Everything is changing so fast that that people feel like they can't keep up or they're in this constant state of being behind. Mm -hmm. And I think those three things um, contribute to the burnout as as well as the culture itself. Yeah. So let's talk about the first uh, the first point, um, having life purpose. How, How can you or how do you normally address this issue? How do you introduce the subject of purpose in the in the scope of a company? Yeah, so so we agree with Simon Sinek, who wrote the book Start with Why. So we we also start with why in every aspect. So we we work with organizations on the individual leader level. We start with their why, their individual why. We're working with them as a team. We work with the individual people in the on the team and what is their why, but also what is the team why. Or if we work at the company level, we do the same thing. We we take that why and we say, okay, how, why do you exist? How do you bring that why to life? How do you process information? How do you how do you deliver on that purpose? 
And then what can others expect from you as a result? And so we talk about that at the individual level, at the team level, and at the company level. And that starts to create what we call the red thread of purpose through once you understand how to apply your why through how you deliver and what others can expect, then you can take that and you can run the red thread through everything that you do from your plan to your process to your positions, how you're organized, and then ultimately your culture, which we call passion. Mm-hmm. And what are some results that you have seen? Can you share maybe a, a short case study of how this has transformed the company? Yes, absolutely. We worked with a media agency. It was We actually started working with them maybe a month before the shutdown in 2020. And we were, we were starting to look at their business model and to say that, you know, they said, you know, we feel like we're a bit in a red ocean on, um, you know, how can we differentiate ourselves? How can, how can we change our strategy and our business model to grow? And so we were in that process and we really helped them create their purpose and, and connected it to really where they started as a company and what was the original t- intention for the company, which was around doing good. Right. And so we, and that we created a repeatable process that was uniquely theirs. So through, through creating their purpose, we created this process that was uniquely theirs. No other agency had this. And then we created the vision for where did they want to take that? Right. And, and once we did that, we started looking, okay, if this is the business model and this is how we're going to change things, let's go through, let's go back through all of your processes at a high level and help your team understand how to do process improvement based on this new model. What do we not need to do anymore? And what do we need to add? And then we looked at the organization, looking at the positions to say, okay, so based on those processes, how do we need to be organized? And we we did a reorganization of the team where in a very collaborative way because it was connected to their purpose, right? So so how do we how do we organize in a way that's going to make decision making happen faster in this new model? That's going to help us understand who to hire and why. And then ultimately we did the culture transformation peach, which was you know making sure that the leadership understood. Um, how to drive culture through this, how to keep that purpose alive, creating communication plans. Um, And then we did an assessment at the end to say, what was their level of passion for the company and the, the new direction of the company? What was each individual person's level of passion for their role in the company? And how much did they trust each other? And we saw the increase of their culture engagement, which they would have called it, we call it passion, right? Mm-hmm. Had had gone up 30% from where, where it was before we started. People were excited about where the the company was going. They were more clear about where the company was going, which led to more trust. And then they ended up um, increasing their revenues by 30% in the first year. And they've continued to grow since then. They've acquired another company and, and they continue to, to grow um, as they continue those efforts of maintaining that culture that's connected to their business strategy. Wow, congratulations on this success. It's uh, fascinating. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Very well. So what, what is your argument when, when companies tell you, oh, it's, it's all fluff, it's all culture is not a material thing? How, how do you address this, this issue? Yeah, you know, there's that famous quote from Peter Drucker that culture eats strategy for breakfast. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to believe that, but uh, over time, I actually disagree, mm-hmm. which it's, I, I really think that they need to eat breakfast together. So mm-hmm. I think companies that lean too heavily on the strategy side, mm-hmm. they have, they might create difficult cultures and sometimes toxic cultures. And then I see the trend going the other way right now. Like, so like a lot of companies are leaning too far on the culture side mm-hmm. to the expense of the business yeah. results. And, mm-hmm. and so I think leaning too far on either side is going to create issues. It's about how do you bring them together? And I think the argument about culture being the softer side, it tells me that they don't really understand culture, mm-hmm. right? So, so you have a culture, whether you like it or not, right? <laughs> Yeah, right. So, yeah. so a culture is how do things work around here? What, you know, your processors are part of your culture, how you make decisions, who you hire, how you promote them, um, how, how you have those intangible things about the way behaviors happen in, in your, in your work environment, all of those things contribute to culture. And so you can either let that sort of happen organically which may or may not contribute to your business results, or you can really harness it and say, how can we create a culture behind our business strategy that's going to actually help us grow faster? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, absolutely. I I, I am uh, on boat with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So in the past year now, since March, since ChatGTP started entering and more applications in AI and all the technology ripples going through industry. How have, how, how have you seen this change? How are companies responding to that? And how is this impacting their culture? What is their focus right now? Yeah, I think there's a lot of confusion. I think that what I see in um, with my client organizations is what is this AI? Do we need to use it? Don't we need to use it? How do Is this going to put us out of business, right? Is it going to take over the world? Should we be afraid of it? Um, so, so I think there's a lot of confusion about about how to use AI, and I, th- I think it is. It really comes down to you seeing what what are the benefits for your business, right? What is it that, again, coming back to your purpose, your vision, and your strategy? If you know where you're going and you're clear about that, you can see, oh, we could actually use AI to become more efficient. We can help our employees learn how to generate through AI in a much faster, richer way. But you can't take the human emotion from AI, right? You, uh, an AI um, can't be a leader, right? Isn't going to motivate people, right? So, so it's focusing on those things that are your unique gifts as a human and seeing that that AI is a tool. And that that's uh, there's some of the conversations that we've been having with clients. Like, don't be afraid of it embrace it. It's not going anywhere. It can actually make you more effective and efficient. Let's see how you can use it to apply to your strategy and then use your gifts, right? So what what your superpower is as a business or as a leader to really leverage it to take you even farther. Talk to us about your book. Uh, You're an executive, but are you a leader? What is it about? Yeah, so I wrote that book out of my experience from Disney, right? To to recognizing that there were a lot of executives out there and the title is provocative for a reason, right? Yeah, right there, yeah. there are a lot of executives out there that use the power of their title, whatever level they are, right? So they're saying, because I'm the boss, this is how things need to be. And 
that isn't necessarily leadership, right? So, so you can have, you can have people complying with your directives by using the power of your title. But when you show up in a, in a leadership capacity, which people in, are inspired to go in the direction that you want to go, they're inspired to follow you, then you can actually create bigger results because then they're thinking of ideas that you would never think about, right? And they can actually create exponential results because they're bringing their superpowers, right? The things that that really are their expertise, their creativity, their intuition into fulfilling the direction of the company and, and what you're trying to build and create and grow. And they then it's not all in your shoulders, right? And so I created the book uh, almost with myself in mind as a leader, right? So it's very, very simple. There's 50 tips. Each of them are um, things that, that I would say to a coaching client. It's one page for the tip. It's one page of a case study that of how that tip was applied. My my work with clients is confidential, so I didn't use names. I kind of created client composites um, to show how different clients might have used that tip. And then the third page is um, questions I would ask if I were coaching you, right? So so it's designed so leaders can come into it. They can read it cover to cover if they want to, or they can say, I'm having this particular challenge right now in my business or with my team. And they can look that up and, and get coached right there through the book. Mm -hmm. the, the, the trends in leadership and in executive uh, coaching and executive leadership, I have noticed always follow the economic cycle. So mm -hmm. The, the, the more the economic cycle is in a downturn or an ex expected downturn, then the dictatorship steps up, right? So, so it's the executive, but not the leader that is sought after. Mm, how, how do you work around this situation right now? Because it, it's a moment of uncertainty. It's a moment of an expected downfall. Let's call it that. For the, I mean, it, a lot of analysts are putting it out there. It's expected everywhere. It's not a secret anymore. So it's not like I am um, uh, being the, the, what do you call that? With the black news. Right. <laughs> the black news station. <laughs> right. But um, how are you addressing this now? When leaders say, yeah, I understand the value of culture, but it's not my priority. Now my business needs a tough hand. Yeah, I think the, I, so, so I'll say it two things. First is, you know, so it might be a time to make some cuts, right? It, I think that that um, one of the things that I've seen people in my industry do is sort of put the people above the business, right? So, you know, you can't do anything that's going to hurt the culture. And yes, you don't want to hurt the culture, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't make tough business decisions. And I've worked with a lot of companies on, you know, downsizing the company because that's what's needed for the business strategy. How do we do that in a way that they feel like they're respected, that they understand why it's happening? They understand the process as they're going through it every step of the way. I've had, had um, you know, where, where we go through downsizing that the people that were impacted having at the end of the experience saying, you know, I, not happy that I lost my job, but I really felt like they cared about me in the process and that, and they really, um, it made a difference that then impacts the, the culture of the people that are left, right? Because they see, well, maybe I wasn't, you know, I'm still here, 
I didn't lose my job, but I see that this company cares about people and that makes me want to work for them. That makes me want to do more for them. And I think, you know, it, coming back to purpose, you know, we have something challenging happen in our lives, right? Like um, that has a purpose, could be getting a new house. It could be getting married or having a child, right? Those are very purpose-filled events in our lives. They can also be really stressful and really challenging, right? But we work through those challenges because we can see the other side. We can see what's happening on the other side of those challenges. And we're excited about that. And companies can do the same thing. So if you're if you're seeing that, oh, we're, we're having, we're anticipating this downturn, really focusing on purpose so that your team can say, okay, how do we keep our purpose going through these challenging events? How can we be more innovative? How can we drive more efficiency? And they'll actually help you get there rather than having, again, having everything be on the leaders to be able to figure it out. They'll help you get there and they'll help you overcome these challenges and see opportunities, right? And there's in these economic downturns, there's always those companies that grow a lot, right? And they see the opportunities and it's because they see it as an opportunity and not as a as something to be afraid of. Very well, fantastic. And, and in what... Um... Capacity? Do you work with companies? Do you work like one-on-one? -on -one? Do you do team trainings? What does the company? What kind of services do you provide? Yes, yeah, so we do executive coaching one-on-one -on -one with leaders. So we we work in what I what I call three concentral concentric circles, right? So at the at the center of it is the top leadership team, individual leaders. How do they become better leaders? How do they increase their own leadership skills and capabilities to be able to lead the team? And sometimes leaders need somebody else that's not part of the company to be able to bounce things off of and um, you know talk about challenges that they don't necessarily want to talk to the rest of the team about, right? Um, so we do executive coaching. And then we also look at the team level, starting with the leadership team. We call it team alignment. So it's really about how do we make sure that the leadership team is clear about that direction of the company, that they're aligned and approve of everything that the company has decided to do from you know their purpose, their vision, their goals, uh, their strategy, their even their roles, right? And um, so we work at the team level to make sure if the leadership team's not aligned, the rest of the organization's not going to be aligned either. So we focus on the team next. And then the third, and then we go out to the company level, right? So looking at, so what does the company need for developing that purpose and vision to creating their strategy, their goals, and then ultimately leading to their culture. Fantastic. Anything else that, that you would like to share that I have missed and it's very important? <laughs> yeah, I would say, you know, you mentioned that, um, you know, we're, we're headed for challenging times. Mm -hmm. And I think for your listeners to really take the time to figure out your why, because that's how we get through those challenging times is to know why we do what we do, gives us a connection to what, what I call our superpower to be able to use our use what we're already good at and what already motivates us to be able to get through those challenges. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. How can people reach you and executive leadership consulting? 
Yeah, the best place to go is executiveleader.com. That's our website. Um, we have links to our social channels on there. We have lots of free resources. If you want to learn how to get your why, there's information about how to do that. Um, we also have a free webinar on Red Thread Leadership if you want to understand how to figure out your purpose and connect the red thread to everything that you do in the culture. In that um, in that webinar, we we talk about how other companies have done it and how they've been successful. So lots of free resources on there at executiveleader.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Sonia. It's been a pleasure. I, I truly enjoyed it. And uh, you're so eloquent explaining exactly the process of how culture is shaped. I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks for joining me. Thank you for listening to Grow and Learn. We hope that you found our podcast informative, engaging, and inspiring. Our mission is to help you keep growing and learning, and we hope that our conversations and insights have provided you with practical advice and useful perspectives. If you're looking for personalized support and guidance to help you achieve your personal or professional growth objectives, I offer a range of services to help. As a trusted management partner and mentor, I work with businesses in the process of transformation, looking for new streams of business, as well as M&A. With an extensive professional network of experts and mentors, I can bring on board the right person or team based on the specific needs of the company I'm working with. To learn more about the services I offer and how I can help you achieve your goals, visit my website at growandlearn.org. You can also reach out to me via email or social media. I'd love to hear from you. And if you enjoyed this episode of Grow and Learn, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Your feedback is important to us and it helps us to continue to create content that is relevant and valuable to our listeners. Thanks again for listening and we look forward to sharing more insights and perspectives with you in the future.